It's time to take the edge off with The Edge Agency. Pour yourself a glass of wine, kick back and relax while we ask the tough questions and get down to the nitty gritty of being a business owner. Welcome to Take the Edge Off podcast brought to you by The Edge Agency. I'm your host, Lindsay Hogan. We're actually down a host. Alex Radford is not here. She is sick. And for those of you that don't know, I am pregnant, so I kicked her out of the room very fast because I have a weak immune system and... Wise decision. (laughs) Wise decision. decision. (laughs) So we are here with Jonathan Hilliard with Connext Media. Jonathan has been in videography since 2007, and Connext has been around since the beginning of 2017. They are a full-service digital media company meaning they have a focus on videography and photography with 3D capability. Pretty mm. sweet for those of you that didn't know. So welcome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yes. it. Thank you, you know. so much for being here. Thanks mm. for hanging with us. Jonathan walked in as I was kicking Alex out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> and looked at her sideways on the way out. Like, not me either. I've got three kids at home of my own. I've been passing it around it seems like for months so I'm just finally healthy so let's keep it that way right exactly um Jonathan and I just got back from a trip in Jacksonville Florida it was a good one yep so Mm -hmm. we did a really sweet video shoot and photo shoot out there Mm -hmm. so we've bonded at this point yes yes we've uh we've we've got some background info down for sure over the last few weeks oh yeah uh, what a couple shoots so Yes. How's it, how is everything? Everything's good, you know, yeah. on track, mm-hmm. ready for ready for little one's arrival very soon, I hope. I don't know if I'm ready, but mm-hmm. you know, we will be. <laughs> I, I think ready I'm getting ready. Ready. ready as we're gonna be. Yeah, ready as we're gonna be. Great. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But um I think the cool thing is we didn't really talk much about your background. So I feel like mm-hmm. I don't really still know that like I know you yeah I know where you are now but I didn't really know where you started or where you came from yeah so this is going to be pretty sweet yeah love to share it <laughs> okay so videography how I haven't even asked you this question ever how did you get into it yeah so I um I grew up a huge sports fan um just kind of the way I was raised and so as he's wearing his Atlanta Yes, Atlanta Braves. Braves. Yeah, Braves. Hoodie on. Um, also, the the great thing about being your own boss is there's no dress code. So you'll often see me in a t-shirt and jeans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I say often, I mean every day. So, <laughs> um, but I grew up a huge sports fan, and I realized very early on in life that that was not going to lead to millions of dollars by being an athlete. Um, just not blessed with that <laughs> skill set, you know, very uh, average to slightly above average little league athletes do not become, you know, major league mm-hmm. baseball players. So um, I just started looking for ways to kind of stay close to sports uh, for a career. And the way that I originally thought I was going to do that was through um sports journalism and that first started in writing and then I had a friend in high school who um, worked at a a local cable access tv sports show um, and he invited me to come and like help on a volunteer basis Uh, and I had a job working at like a car wash or something at the time and so it wasn't anything I was super committed to and so I started volunteering at this uh, tv station here over in Norcross and just loved it, like every minute of it. Mm-hmm. So 
that kind of began my journey to um, hopefully one day work in sports TV. And that led to, uh, when I went to college, I was a journalism major, um, kind of took every opportunity I could while I was in school to, um, I worked for the newspaper, I worked for the like campus TV station, um, filmed a lot of football games with like a press credential because I was working for the TV station. So really like um, just took every opportunity I could to sort of learn about uh, all things media. Mm-hmm. And that led to, got my degree in uh, broadcast journalism and um, out of college, worked, got a first an internship with the Braves out of school that I had for... Um, I get, it was supposed to be a year, and about eight months in, a job came open that they offered to me. So I worked, um, I took that job and worked uh, for the Braves for several years, and then two different universities kind of doing video production for them um, in-house, um, just highlight videos, sort of, or definitely like dream job scenarios. Yeah, um, I was going to say, of, you, you kind of got yeah, the hookup with those. For sure, for sure, right out of school and just never left videography. Was there a point where you um, realized, oh, I do have this creative mind Mm -hmm. and, oh, I actually am pretty good at it? Like, were you, did you realize you were naturally good at it or did you have to kind of work for it? No, I still wonder if I'm that good at it. You're great. To be honest with you. (laughs) I think a lot of like, a lot of the things that I do now they didn't come like super naturally to me. It's a lot of like repetition and trial and error and I've gotten better over the years, but I think I knew that I would enjoy it. And then I had like a, a basic knack for it. Like early on that senior year of high school, because when I first started working at that local access TV station, my dad had a camcorder at home and I kind of went crazy on like, I brought the camcorder along with me on on my senior prom and <laughs> like started making stupid videos and I would. I hope that they together. were like the office videos. That oh there's the man, office fans they, out there. They were not nearly that creative or funny or anything, but I made a prom DVD of our senior prom and like all my friends like that, and you know I had a good time putting it together. And then I would you know like record you know Falcons games off TV or something yeah. and then like cut together highlight videos so I kind of did that you know a ton of people do that now on YouTube yeah but YouTube didn't exist so I would just do it and like show my friends at the time and there wasn't yeah. really yeah, anywhere around. to put those <laughs> hey look at this highlight video I made of what was on TV you know <laughs> so but yeah I think I knew like I had the skill set to edit and shoot mm-hmm. um but really, it, it has been just a building process of trying to get better over the years. Because I'm certainly not the most talented editor editor or the most talented shooter. But I kind of have made a career at, out of yeah. being, you know, a decent one of both of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty good. I feel like I'm not that great at one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, like, kind of average at a lot of things. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll be somewhere and I'll randomly state a fact or throw out some stuff that I know and people are blown away and I'm like yeah that's like one piece of like a thousand things I know but I'm not that great at right one thing my cousin says the same thing we're both like yeah we're pretty average people who just know a wide range of (laughs) I think the world's full of 
both of those different types of people, the types of people that they just want to do one thing and they get really good at that one thing and they make a great living off of it. But I think as for me, I've learned that business owner kind of suits me because I'm not super great at one thing. Mm, And in running my business, like I can have my hands like to start the business. I could do a lot of different things for different types of clients. And that helped us early on with, know kind of getting the thing off the ground for sure well the owner of patagonia has the same like idea as you or theology his own little theology (laughs) um he said he never wants to be an expert in one field yeah he wants to like his goal is to be average at a lot of fields that's what he wants and it helps him yeah yeah it helps him dive into all these new markets and everything and right then once he he said once he gets to a certain skill set he stops and he goes to the next market. Yeah. So that was pretty sweet. He has a um, really cool book that like really explains all of that. Yeah. Well, I think it's part of your personality too, mm-hmm. right? It's, I am, you know, much to my wife's chagrin sometimes, like I don't like to do the same thing over and over again, Yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. sort of rinse or repeat. I, I want to try new things yeah. and that sort of like manifests itself in the way that I work because, you know, one week I will, you know, give myself a bunch of editing projects and the next week I'll just want to do nothing but shooting. And the next week it's more like, you know, business ops, like organization type stuff. Ooh. So yeah, I think just my personality, I need, I need that variety, which works well because I'm not great at any one thing. So it's not like the company suffers if I'm not editing or if I'm not shooting. So it works out that way. Um, Was there a point in your video career, your videography career, that you were like, ding, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to start my own company. Or like, (laughs) tell me how that evolved. Yeah. Uh, There... I don't know that there was one moment, but the rubber kind of met the road at, you know, I mentioned I sort of had like several dream jobs right out of college. And when I say dream jobs, they were definitely dream jobs and like the type of work that I was doing. But because those jobs were so cool, they did not pay a whole lot. And I had a growing family. I had, um, you know, was married with one child. We had child number two on the way. Um, And my wife is a nurse, and it was important for her down the line to have the opportunity to stay at home with the kids a little bit if she wanted to. And so we kind of came to this sort of crossroads of, okay, Jonathan's doing what he loves, and it's great, but his schedule's pretty awful. Uh, A lot of nights, a lot of weekends, um, you know, not ideal for a wife and young, mm-hmm. young kid. Like I think I took a week off when my first child was born and then had to go on like a four day road trip. Oh so gosh. there's a week old with my <laughs> wife at home and she's just kind of like, yeah, how long are you going to do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so we started having the conversation there and I think I always knew that I would like to try to start my company one day, okay. but I think I just assumed that I had a lot more to learn, and I would do that when I was kind of older, like in my 40s or, you know, even like 50. Yeah. I would settle down into, you know, some small town and do video production. But um, as 30, like, crept on me, and my first child was born and second one was on the way, um, 
I kind of I came back to Atlanta. I was living in South Carolina at the time uh, and grew up here in Atlanta. I came back to Atlanta for a conference, and at that conference, it was a digital. It was uh, the Digital Media Summit here in Atlanta. I've heard of that. And um, it's a really they still cool. Have it? They do. Okay. It's an annual conference over at the Cobb Gallery. Right. Okay, okay. And the conversation is all about digital media and all different types of, you know, forms and fashions. So. I'd kind of been thinking about, you know, is there a path to get back to Atlanta? But my wife, like, didn't really want to come back to Atlanta. So we never really sought out, like, a different job in Atlanta. Yeah. And when I came back to this conference, I don't know what it was, but the the coworker that came uh, on the conference with me, he and I started talking about this idea of what if there was a company that did local storytelling on a level that um, hasn't been done before, like on a, a really high level, like National Geographic or 30 for 30 style storytelling on like local people, places, sports, whatever it might be. Um, like people would consume that, you think, yeah. because people really like high level storytelling. Mm -hmm. They like to sit down and watch a 30 for 30 or they like you know, these documentaries that National Geographic puts forth. Oh, yeah. And then we started contrasting that with local media and, like, really your only options for local stories are either, like, local news or, like, you know, here in Atlanta we have Atlanta Magazine, which is great, mm -hmm. but none of those companies do different types of media really well. They're starting to try it, mm -hmm. but, like, the newspaper has to do a printed newspaper, so video is always going to be second fiddle for them and the magazine all you know they have to do a printed magazine mm -hmm. so audio is not going to be something they're great at and uh, so my friend and I just started talking that weekend of okay what if there was a company that from the from day one said okay here's a great local story we're going to tell that story in the best medium possible whether that's video audio written word whatever it might be and the other angle was this company's not going to be an ambulance chasing organization. So they're going to tell great stories that like connect people with the community around them. It's not, oh, this is, you know, here's all the murders that have yeah. happened or, yeah. Which you know, terrify me. <laughs> traffic stinks, you know, all yeah. these types of things. Yep. You know, and it just felt like there was some white space there. So that being the moment that I kind of realized, okay, maybe that's something that I could do down the line. And I just couldn't shake the thought, like, for a week and then oh. two weeks of, I I feel like I can be a part of a team that does this. So I started talking to my wife about it, and we quickly realized that that type of company was either going to need a lot of funding uh, right off the bat, or it was going to be a situation where I had to first start basically a production company that you know, brought in clients, has income, and then out of that production company, start creating this content company that does this this cool different type of content. Mm -hmm. And so, <coughs> excuse me, um, that's what we did. And uh, the first step of that, like I said, was building a production company, and we started to put the things in place to try to do that. 
Okay, that's yeah. really cool. And you're doing that now. Yeah. And you have, you have your own podcast. We do. You should shamelessly plug yourself in real quick. I would love to. <laughs> I would love to. Well, you know, when this... Because both of our owners, Alex and Lauren, were actually just on it. They were, and that's what I was going to say. When you hear this interview, you can go to our podcast, which is Atlanta Born and Brand, and you will hear the story of Lauren and Alex and how they founded the Edge Agency. Yeah. So Atlanta Born and Brand is step one of that uh, local content machine that So I was that was where the about. idea started and yeah. then you knew you needed some revenue generated. Right. Right. So you're like videography, duh. Yep. But now you're kind of able to how long have y'all had the podcast going? We're in season two. Okay. So I believe we started last fall. So we're like right at a year yeah. of the podcast. And season one was like twenty five episodes, I think. And then now we're in like season two, episode ten, I think. That's awesome. So y'all have some pretty sweet people in there too. It's like, been an, an cool amazing brands. experience. And that was kind of the whole point was not necessarily to find the biggest or the most famous brands in Atlanta, but just to find the the brands that you can tell a lot of heart and soul yeah. and, you know, ingenuity have been put into um, around Atlanta specifically because that's one thing we really want to hone in on is keeping it very, very local so that when yes. people are hearing this content, you know, you can listen to national podcasts mm -hmm. and you can hear about people that are across the country from you. But if you hear about, you know, a local coffee shop owner or yeah. a local woodworker who's right down the street from you, you can literally pick up the phone and patronize that business or, you know, give them a word of encouragement or go into their store or take your family to their restaurant. Um, and it really, for us, it was the perfect first step to sort of get these pieces of content out that moved people to action within their community. So... It's been a fun, it's been a fun year yeah. and I've met a crazy number of really cool people through the process and hopefully as we continue to grow on, we can expand the Atlanta Born and Brand platform to, like I talked about, different video elements, um, written content and sort of go from there. So are you going to, um, just more of like <coughs> a business question, mm. are you going to set it up as a different... Mm business or is it going to kind of go with Connex? So Connex Media I think will always stay one company Okay. and Atlanta Born and Brand will be sort of um, an entity within that. Okay. okay. Um, we did we set it up that way just so we can kind of share resources between the two. Okay. So cool. the other benefit of building a production company before building this digital media content um, platform is that to build a production company, we have to acquire all the equipment. We have to start hiring talented videographers, photographers, um, you know, audio engineers, those sorts of things. So for a, for a long time, those two sides will be very married together. Okay. And we'll have this passion project of Atlanta Born and Brand on one side that hopes hopefully down the road will gen generate revenue, but that's not the initial goal. The initial goal is to generate revenue on the production side with connects media we do a lot of work for um, the real estate industry here in atlanta mm -hmm. for small businesses that sort of thing and then help that fuel this digital media mm -hmm. content outlet because we want it to feel genuine yeah um atlanta born and brand um if it feels contrived or if it feels like you know people are you know angling to be on the show or we're just doing 
um, content about, you know, people who advertise on the show or things like that, then that takes away a little bit of that element of that storytelling. Yeah, authenticity it, yeah. that really needs to be there for, for that to it feels work. feels more like yeah. money driven. Yeah. Like that story, yeah, that heart. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I love that. So, um, tell us a little bit about the structure of where your company is now. Hmm. Like, who is on board? Who have you hired? Who do yeah. you have working? Like, who is running this? Yeah. So, we are a team of four right now about to hire our fifth Oh, person. are y'all? Okay. Yes. We are about to hire the first female employee oh, of Connects Media. Things are going to be a lot better now. Yes. I, I agree. <laughs> which is why it's happening. But um, we will also, with this fifth employee, three-fifths of Connects Media will be family members. Oh, So that is both okay. exciting and terrifying for me right. at times. Chris, uh, who is our second employee after me, is my brother. And then our fifth employee, who will start end of this year, uh, is Catherine, who's my niece. So. Cool. She will be a fresh college grad and has already brought like a, a bunch of great new ideas um, to the that's table, like the which coolest. I'm super excited about. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. There's nothing like, get, we had um, the um, owners of Imagine Media Consulting hmm. on here and they're a social media company yeah. and they were like, hire interns, hire people right out of college, 100%. hire people in college. They come with all these fresh and shiny new trends and ideas that they just naturally pick yeah. up. So well, that's going to be really cool. And in our case, um, you know, you've met Andrew, yeah. who was employee number four for us. He was fresh out of school. Uh, we had an intern last summer named Austin, who was, uh, he just finished his freshman year of school. And to me, the technical ability of um, kids in college right now is just incredible. And yeah. when you're talking about video production, especially... They know so much more about the ins and outs of filmmaking and of photography than I did when I was six, seven, eight years out of school. So, the, with the, the value, experience, right? Real life, that's right? Crazy. With yeah. the uh, the value of that for our company has been enormous, um, and I don't hesitate for a second to put Andrew, who's a videographer uh, and editor for us, into a situation where he's editing some of our top clients' uh, videos, where he's shooting some of our top clients' videos. Mm -hmm. And to be able to do that with somebody that's only worked for you for, I think he's in like month number three now, is pretty amazing. So we will continue to be a shop that hires um, both interns and full-time employees that are young and maybe the world might see them as inexperienced mm-hmm. but there's also like a, a hunger and a drive yeah. I think in young yeah. people that it's I'm such just, a disservice to tell yeah. young people that they need more experience I agree you know like yeah, I think I'm I I'm shifting out of that I've been shifting out of that the past couple mm-hmm. years of needing that quote-unquote experience but yeah. I was like so much energy right out of college and yeah just it it, it really is a disservice and I think not to get too in this, but some corporations even can use it as, um, I don't want to say they're manipulating people, but just the mm. pay that they give yeah. the younger kids. And so I think, I think that there's a smart generation coming up that's starting to realize that. For sure. Though, which is well, cool. and you know, we talked about this with Alex and Lauren on the podcast the other day. Um, 
just showing your employees and especially young people that you value them by, um, yes, this is a small business and you're not going to make the most amount of money that you could possibly Mm -hmm. make, but incentivizing them by continually showing opportunities for advancement, whether that's in pay or in like better projects or in like more flexible hours, whatever that might be, just showing them that they're valued is super important Mm -hmm. to the younger generation and was to me, um, you know, the Mm -hmm. first 10 years of my career. So, you know, trying to apply what I, I learned in that first decade with, you know, I'm the oldest employee of my company now at 34, almost 35. So, um, you know, have an organization full of millennials, and I guess uh, Andrew. <laughs> You're surrounded by them. He's 25. Uh, he's 25. Yeah, so I asked I, him. I think when he, we were he'd together. be a millennial as well. Yeah. So he would be. Yeah, but Catherine coming in, I think she's a Gen Zer. Yeah. So yeah, it's. She is. It's from, I think the cutoff is 96, and then it's yeah. the Gen Z. So yeah, she definitely is. Yeah. But to me, like in what we're trying to build, especially on the content side and what we're trying to do in the city, I think we're going to have to stay young as a company to really just keep our finger on the pulse of what's happening in the city, how it's changing. Because Atlanta is a different place. I know you grew up kind of close to the city. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very different place than when we were growing up here. Mm -hmm. When I came back in 2017, I was just blown away at how different the city was um, and learning about this city that I thought I knew but is, like I said, a completely different place has been really the most fun part about this company. And so we're going to keep bringing people in that have a fresh perspective on Atlanta, fresh perspective on how to create uh, you know, compelling stories, and hopefully that will serve us well. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's amazing. And y'all are just going to keep growing and keep moving and shaking with it and keep hiring people. And I hope so. It's, yeah. And I love that y'all have your goals and your plans and everything. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to have some fun kicker questions that will help us to get to know you a little bit better. Pressure. Love <laughs> it. All right. We're back on Take the Edge Off. Alex is still... <laughs> missing still down for the count she's probably happily (laughs) laying in bed right now as she should be um resting away from us not getting us sick okay so this is the kicker question segment Mm. and definitely my favorite part of the podcast not that it's i think it's all amazing and great and fine (laughs) but i just love like random questions i'm just gonna fire a couple at you all right, I'm ready. As I'm, I'm going to be. So okay, go. <laughs> you look very scared. Yes, a little skeptical. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> All right, the first one's easy. We're going to set you up for success okay. with this one. Well, maybe. I think so. Hmm. All right, I'm super curious. What is your favorite brand that you've learned their story mm-hmm. or had on your podcast? Wow. That's so hard, mm-hmm. Lindsay. Um, <laughs> so... You know, I mentioned that I grew up in Atlanta. Yep. So I had the opportunity to have the varsity on the podcast. I saw that. And, and I, I just want to say it made me crave their fries the, very uh, badly. Well, I'm a regular customer, I will put first. But um, the great-granddaughter of the founder was on the show. And just hearing about their origin story, you know, back in... 1938 and how that brand has grown um but stayed 
very Atlanta-centric and how they've kind of put things back into their community and just been committed to growing their brand um, in this city and doing great things for the people that have been patronizing them for 90 years now um, was really, really cool. So I'll say the varsity. I like that. Yeah. We need to um, link that so people can listen to that one. For that sure. would be a cool one. Yeah. Okay, so you travel a lot for mm-hmm. work. Yeah. Favorite site location that you've been to? Hmm. Wow. Um, well, this was in a previous job. Okay. But I got the opportunity to shoot an NCAA golf championship at... Um, at uh, the Riviera in Los Angeles, Ooh, which nice. was really, really cool. Um, but, yeah, I, this year I got to work my first Final Four, so that was awesome. Sweet. And hopefully going to get a chance to do that here in Atlanta again this coming year. So, yeah. Do you take pictures them. for the Falcons? Uh, yeah, I do video, video. Uh, for them on game days, and then we help their corporate partnerships department um, do some, like, storytelling videos uh, in support of some of their corporate relationships which has been really fun probably really sad with some of these yeah i'll reserve comments (laughs) (laughs) i'm a long falcons fan love you guys i'm sure you have a lot of people crying well maybe we're maybe everyone's used to it now maybe it's just like complacency pick it up boys let's go (laughs) come on um okay are there any steps that you took later in your business that Hmm. you wish you would have taken sooner that's a good one um I think you know I'll I'll tell you the reverse that I wish we still did more of now that we did early on and then maybe that will lead to the the actual answer to your question I like that um when when I was a one person company I was really really good at client, client service and customer service and client relationships and, you know, over the last couple of months, I've realized that we're not as good as, at that and, like, the personal service with each of our clients. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, between, like, 50 and 75 um, real estate clients at one time now. And so, like, we're really, really busy, which is a great thing. But something we've tried to do over the last couple of weeks and last month, really, is just sort of get back, getting back to making every client feel like they're the most important Mm-hmm. A client we have and that had slipped for a little bit and it cost us a few clients um we kept growing because um you know the things we put in place to facilitate growth but losing a client that you've had for two years that really stinks yeah. um and for me like I take that really personally yeah. because um this brand has so much of me in it um mm-hmm. so that's something that we've tried to get back to now that we did at the beginning um, but kind of in the middle of our history at this point. That's a, sort of that's a great with. answer. What are you, what are you doing? Like, what are you trying to get back into specifically? Like, what are some stuff that you can recommend for people yeah. just with client relations? I think, um, you know, just being as personal as you can with mm-hmm. every correspondence you have with a client. So it may be as simple as, you know, as a business owner, my least favorite email to send is an invoice reminder. Yeah. To make that less difficult on myself, I started doing those automated. I have a CRM that would send them automated, which is great because I don't have to do it, but 
when the only communication a client has had with you in the last month is three automated invoice reminders, you know, that can be a bad thing for sure. So just taking every opportunity that you have to correspond with a client, whether it's seeing them on a quick shoot or sending them an email, just to include something personal that, you know, you talk to them about, say, hey, how's your, you know, son? I heard he was... You know, maybe last time you you talked with them, he was, you know, about to come up on, you know, something big at school. Or, you know, just taking the opportunity, you know, to make those personal connections with your clients so they don't feel like one of 70 clients, but they really feel like somebody whose relationship you value is important for us, I think. I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's great. I think that people really can use that. Um, Okay, so you're in such a super creative business industry Hmm. I personally think it's so hard to go from admin to creativity like it's such a hard switch I mean I like literally have to physically get up and move and walk or do something to shift those two mindsets so I couldn't imagine how it is as like an entrepreneur with yeah. your business owner hat. So what is a wise piece of advice you can give an entrepreneur who is in that creative side hmm. and they're trying to run a business as well? I think the best piece of advice I can give to pure creatives is that giving up some of the operations duties of your company does not make you any less of a business owner or an administrator. You can leave your business and give some of the day-to-day operations tasks to somebody who has a mind that's more suited to that. Um, because like you said, I struggled with that big time over the first year and a half, two years of the company of bouncing back and forth between um, okay, trying to be as creative as I can for this client in a director or producer role, but then, you know, within hours of that, turning around to be our CFO, you know, and so I think the best piece of advice I can get, we have an operations producer now who handles all of our scheduling, all of our billing, Ooh. everything. So that was um, a very strategic hire. It was very strategic, okay. cool. and that came about not because I can't do those things, because that's not my strength and I wanted to free myself up to do more of the creative things like we mm-hmm. talked about earlier in the podcast um, now I still oversee him mm-hmm. I still you know make sure that he has everything he needs I still handle some of the more sensitive like operations issues with clients but the day-to-day stuff that's all him now so you got to find somebody you trust who has a brain for that sort of thing and and put them in a position to succeed and help your business and free you up to, to be the creative that you want to be. Yeah, I love that. That's mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, last question, just kind of mm-hmm. curious, throwing this out there yeah. before we wrap up. Is there anything you do every day mm-hmm. or maybe even multiple times a week that you just really recommend for mm-hmm. business owners to do? I don't know if it's you know, something to clear your mind or something to get in the right mindset or yeah. a daily ritual or? Hmm. Well, something that I did early on that was super helpful that I kind of go through seasons of not doing it and then getting back on. <laughs> so are you in the season of not doing it I'm right in now? a season of not doing it right now, but. Um, making you think, think today. You know, I think, you know, my wife is really good and she's really dedicated to um, journaling. 
on a consistent basis. I historically in my life have not been a person who does that just because it's not something I think about, not something I, I felt like I needed to do. But when I started a business, there's a product called the Freedom Journal by a guy named John Lee Dumas. And it's specifically designed for entrepreneurs to set a goal. And that goal has to be, uh, they call it a SMART goal. And I don't remember all the things that it stands for, but it's like mm -hmm. um, measurable, attainable, yeah. you know, results oriented. So it gives you 100 days to hit that goal. And then every day it has a place for you to, um, to journal here are the three steps I'm going to take today to try to hit that okay. goal. Here are the things that didn't work. Here are the, you know, the setbacks that I'm going to learn from. And just getting in the process of like taking a step back from the day-to-day -day grind of your business and looking at how it's going, how you can improve what went well, what didn't go well, and putting that on paper mm -hmm. was super, super helpful. And it'll always be something that ebbs and flows for me because yeah. it's not my natural um, default is to get yeah. up in the morning or you know late at night to, to journal but even for me who's not great at it it was something that was really super helpful I'm sure it helped yeah. you just really like take off with it yeah just hone in on exactly what needed yeah. to get done especially when we started from scratch and we had nothing it's yeah. okay today today I'm gonna create three social media accounts so I'm gonna start devising a plan to mm -hmm. put that in place I'm gonna send 10 cold emails to potential clients, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, it was very, very helpful. Okay. I like that. And it, can, can you say it one more time? It's the freedom journal. The freedom journal. Yeah. All right. But freedom even, journal. I mean, even if it's a blank sheet of paper, you know, that you just get just into a, yeah. a ritual of here are the three things that I'm going to kind of hash out each day or once a week probably yeah. is more attainable. Maybe that's what I should do is <laughs> try once a week. Start small. Right. Right. And, uh, but yeah, I think, Getting on paper is super important, and I think, you know, a happy, like, side effect of that is I opened my first one. I'm in, I'm in my third Freedom Journal now. Oh, okay. That's pretty my first great, one. though. Yeah, so it was, you know, I've been in business for almost a thousand days, and, you know, we've got, like, three 100-day goals. Yeah. But amazingly, like, we've met all those goals, and the other day, I opened up the first one to just kind of... Put myself back in those early days and what it was like and it was super awesome and being able to have something tangible too that you can kind of yeah you know show your kids one day and say hey here's you know the early days of our business mm -hmm. what was going on like where we were succeeding where we yeah. were failing it's something cool I think just to have the keep oh that makes well. me want to go do that and get yeah. a journal and everything and be Great. better at that that's mm -hmm. really awesome well okay as we continue, or as we wrap up, hmm. where can our listeners find you? Um, website, social yeah. media, cell phone number, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> right. So we have a bunch, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so Connects Media is our you know parent company, and it's um, connectatl.com, C-O-N-N-E-X-T-A-T-L.com. Um, and then uh, Atlanta Born and Brand, you can find us at atlborn.com. Um, you can find us on social media uh, at Connects Media on Instagram, um, Connects Media on Facebook, and at ATL Born Brand on Instagram. Um, and then, if you guys have any real estate lis listeners, the real estate division of our company is called We Are Home ATL. So, we are home ATL.com at We Are Home ATL on social media. 
Perfect. And as always, we will link everything into the description of this podcast. But thank you so much for being on here. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. And it's been a pleasure working with you guys and hearing your story on my podcast. And I really, really appreciate you guys sharing ours on this one. Thank you so much for listening to Take the Edge Off podcast. We hope this gives you some insight into the nitty gritty world of entrepreneurship. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Edge Agency for podcast updates and more about what we're up to.